Hello, ladies, and thank you so much for tuning in to the Amazing Bible Dot Book Club. I know that you have busy schedules, so it's an honor for me that you have tuned in today. I am Julie Callio, your host, and today we are taking a look at the end of Genesis, chapters 37 through 50. 37 verse 1 says, And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. And we talked at another time that being a stranger and a wanderer may be where the name Hebrew came from. Then 37 verse 2 says, this is our last division of generations. And it says, these are the generations of Jacob. And then it starts with the story of Joseph and his brothers. But before we get started with Joseph, I want us to go to chapter 38 for just a moment with Judah and Tamar. Judah married a Canaanite woman. They had three sons. The first son was named Ur, and Judah got a wife for Ur, and her name was Tamar. And Ur was a wicked man, and the Lord slew him. So the custom of the day was if husband passed away, if a man died, then the wife would marry the second, the next son, so that the first son could still have heirs. So Judah then gave Tamar to his second son. His second son was Onan. Because Onan knew that it wouldn't be his seed, it would be going to his brother's seed, he chose to spill his seed on the ground so that Tamar could not get pregnant. This also displeased the Lord and God slew him as well. Then Judah said to Tamar to wait for the youngest son to get old enough and then I'll let you marry him. So she waited in her father's house. And Judah's wife died, and Judah's youngest son was of age, but Judah did not give him to Tamar. So, after Judah had mourned his wife, he was going to go off, and Tamar took off her mourning clothes and dressed with a veil over her head and went to where Judah was heading. She looked as if she were a prostitute. So Judah went in with her. He didn't have anything to pay her with. So she took a pledge, his signet, his bracelets, and his staff. So that then Judah could pay her and he'd get his stuff back. Well, Tamar conceived. Judah took that pledge to the spot where he thought the shrine prostitute was, but no one was there. So they found out three months later that Tamar, the daughter-in-law, was pregnant and they thought she was a harlot because she is with child. Judah was going to burn her to death for her disgrace. And then Tamar showed him his own signet, bracelet, and staff. And he made this comment, she has been more righteous than I because I did not give to her my son like he said he would. He never slept with her again. But in that pregnancy, she had twins. And Perez, one of those twins, becomes the line of Jesus Christ. And that is shown in Matthew chapter 1, verse 3, which says, Judah, the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar, 
And I think part of that had to do with the fact that Tamar was more righteous than Judah. What I love about Matthew's listing, this is the first chapter in the New Testament, that Matthew writes because we see that the line of Jesus Christ is full of messed up people. It's also full of not pure breeds. It's a mixture of people. And that is the line from which Jesus the Messiah comes from. Now we're going to take a quick look at the story of Joseph. Many of you know this story way back when Donnie Osmond was in a musical, Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat. So I'll just do a quick review and maybe touch on a few things. Joseph was the son of Rachel, that beloved wife of Jacob. At 17 years old, he had a tendency to talk about his brothers. And so his brothers didn't like him very much. And it also says that in verse 3, Israel loved Joseph more than all of his children because he was the son of his old age. And he made Joseph a coat of many colors. So this also made his brothers jealous. And then to add to that, Joseph has a dream that he will rule over them. And instead of keeping that to himself, he shared it with all of his brothers and his dad. The brothers were getting sick of it. They were planning on killing him. Reuben said, let's not kill him. So they put him in a well, I think trying to figure out what to do with him. And as they were did that some people came by and so they sold Joseph into slavery where he ended up in Egypt to Potiphar his brothers took Joseph's coat killed the goat dipped the blood onto the coat and brought it to their dad and they let him believe that he was dead while Joseph was in Egypt he worked hard for Potiphar and he prospered and the Lord was with Joseph and God blessed the house of Potiphar, the captain of the guard, the officer of Pharaoh, and he also was an Egyptian. Well, Potiphar's wife wanted Joseph badly, and Joseph refused. So she tried to trap him, but he escaped, but his garment was left in the house. So the wife lied and said, Joseph tried to be with me. And so Potiphar sent Joseph to jail. But the Lord was with Joseph, and again, he prospered even there in prison. While in prison, there was a baker and a butler that both had dreams, and Joseph said, Do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me your dreams. They did, and he was correct. One died, and one was reinstated, but he forgot Joseph. Until two years later, when Joseph had a dream, and the chief butler remembered Joseph, the Hebrew servant. The dream of Pharaoh showed that there was going to be seven years of great plenty and then following that seven years of great famine. At this stage, Joseph was now 30 years old and he had been in Egypt for 13 years. Well, the Pharaoh then thought Joseph was great and put him in charge of the food and organizing all of this so that Egypt would be spared. Joseph was given an Egyptian wife. He had two sons. The firstborn was Manasseh. And he said, for God has made me forget all of my toil and all of my father's house. The second one was born and his name was Ephraim. 
For God hath caused me to bear fruit in the land of my affliction. What both of these sons' names show me is that everyone has pain, everyone has toil, and everyone has affliction. Now, this famine not only affected Egypt, it affected all the face of the earth. So once the famine began, Joseph opened the storehouses. People all over heard that Egypt had food and Jacob was one of those people. So he sent his 10 sons. He kept the youngest Benjamin home with him and sent them to Egypt to get grain and to get corn. The brothers came and they bowed down before Joseph. Joseph recognized them. But even more than that, The vision that he had had 17 years ago had come to pass. Well, Joseph tried to contain himself and he demanded to see the younger brother. So Simeon stayed behind until they came back with him. Well, the brothers went and there's a whole lot more to this story. And I'm planning on you reading this so that I don't take up too much of your time on this familiar story. Jacob refused at first. And actually, Jacob even said, everything is against me. This man who is one of the patriarchs, even then gets to a point where everything is against me. But through a series of events, Jacob says, you can go. So they go with Benjamin. Joseph reveals himself to his brothers and tells them to not be angry with yourselves or grieve, for God sent me here before you to preserve life. So the brothers go and they go get Jacob and they bring him and all that they have and move to Egypt and they get to live into the land of Goshen, all because Joseph was there and that was where the plenty would be for them. Jacob lived there for 17 years Before he died, he blessed Joseph's two sons, and he was 147 years old when he died. Before he died, he also then blessed all of his sons. He spoke with Joseph, and his last wish was that they would, after he died, that they would bury him with Abraham and Sarah, Isaac and Rebekah and Leah back home. So Joseph promised, and then it says, Israel bowed himself upon the bed. And in many English translations, it says Israel worshiped. Again, worship is not just standing up in church, singing some songs and hearing a preacher preach. Our lives are an act of worship unto the Lord. At the end of chapter 49, it says that Jacob died and was gathered to his people which has been the phrase in the second half of Genesis as these patriarchs and sons of patriarchs have died. Joseph and his brothers brought their dad back and buried him with the rest of the patriarchs. And then the brothers became afraid that Joseph would get even with them. And this is that special phrase where it says, what you meant for evil, God meant for good in order to save many lives. Three generations later, Joseph is about to die and he spoke to the children of Israel and he said, God will bring you out of this land to the land of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he made them swear to carry his bones when they left. 
According to Hebrews 11, Joseph knew that God was going to do this and he wanted them to bring his bones back. Jacob, when he worshiped, had faith. And both of these men had faith that God was going to do what he said he was going to do. Way back to that promise of Abraham and then the promise of Isaac and then the promise of Jacob and now the promise of the Israelites, the sons of Jacob. Well, Joseph died at 110 years old in Egypt and then that ends Genesis and it begins Exodus as the Israelites will be leaving or exiting Egypt to go back to the promised land. Ladies, I have to ask you, where is your faith? Is your faith in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? If no, then maybe today is the day that you will pray and ask him to come into your life. If you are a person of faith, Are there people in your life that maybe have done evil things against you and you are holding a grudge instead of forgiving and letting go? Even if they meant it to harm you, God can turn around that pain for good in your life and in people's lives around you. And I do want to encourage you that God loves honesty. If you're not there yet, you're not ready to forgive just tell him that. You know, there was uh, one guy I just hated. And I just said, God, I hate this guy. I know I'm supposed to love him. I know I'm supposed to pray for him, but I don't want to. But what I'm willing for you to do is I will allow you to change my heart and make me like you, but I can't do it on my own. And he did it. Now there's still other times (laughs) And sometimes I have to say, God, I don't want to forgive now. I'm mad. Don't stay there too long because then our hearts can be hardened. And today, if you hear his voice, ladies, don't harden your hearts. Let's obey. Let's be women who will obey. Turn our lives into the way of the way that God would have us to go. One more thing I want you to think about is that Joseph had many years in prison and yet God blessed him there. And sometimes when I had small children at home, I felt like I was in prison. I couldn't live my life. But God used those times to mold me into the person that he wanted me to be. That's what he did with Joseph too. You know, maybe he was mad for a long time. We, he didn't know, you know, when Joseph was sold into slavery at that time, he didn't know that God meant it for good. Maybe it wasn't even after the answering of the prayers and the visions that Joseph knew, oh, God means this for good. When did he know? We don't know. But through the process, he recognized that what men meant for evil, God meant for good to save lives. And that's where we can trust that the God of the universe has a plan for our lives as well. Thanks for listening and may the Lord bless.